we're back. Just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC. That music you just heard was Ride It Like You Mean It by Christian Leo. I'm Chad Smith, one of the editors at thebluetestament.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the beast from the east, Sheena Smith. Hey, Chad. First of all, I'm from the west, so oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, my apologies. Uh, that's about uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm sure you remember him, famous wrestler from New Jersey. Uh, but no. I meant the beast part was really because of your beastly editing skills how you spliced together i don't know approximately 10 versions of the podcast last week into one <laughs> succinct version with all of our recording nightmares hopefully we've we've worked out those kinks hopefully okay well i'm glad it's a beast at editing and not just a beast in general i was nervous there for a minute i think but... if anybody saw you they would know you're not a beast <laughs> okay well thanks well thank you everyone for joining us on for the glory kc uh if you enjoy what you're hearing please follow us on social media for the glory kc you can find us on instagram facebook twitter and if you're one of those few people who don't have social media first of all that's awesome or if you just like writing emails you can email us at our email account for the glory kc at gmail.com chad has a twitter account at play for 90 if you're not following him check him out as he says i'm hiding on twitter but i'm still in plain sight i don't tweet but if you guys want to follow me on instagram sometime i could give you that it's not soccer related but it is dog related and if you are enjoying the podcast we would love for a five-star rating on apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast so if you don't like it tweet at chad or play for 90 and tell him what's wrong with our podcast and we'll try to do better look um, at you doing the sh- intro so good oh <laughs> i know i interrupted what's on today's show i'm excited to know yes so on today's show we're going to talk about the two signings that sporting kansas city made over the last week we have some big updates from our man peter vermes and then we're going to talk casey current about the trade the draft and a lot more but chad before we get started i feel like i need to let the listeners know kind of where my head's at today do you mind if i share a little story indulge us please well it's been a tough day in my world and for those of you who don't know me, which I think is probably most people since I don't know that our family or friends really listen to this. Oh, um, we're making, these are our internet friends. We're making connections. Yes. Did okay. I tell you we got an email? I mean, Andy, he knows no. us. Hey, Andy. Shout out to Andy. Oh, hey, Andy. Oh, is he the one that asked for recommendations? Yeah, for you gave Arizona? me recommendations to give him. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Andy, thanks for emailing us. But anyways, for everyone, uh, one of my only hobbies in life is that I foster dogs through KC Pet Project. And today, our longest foster, a little three-legged tripod named Sir Peanut Megamind. Uh, He was a chihuahua. I may have just said that. But anyways, he was adopted today. And I think if the definition of bittersweet could be explained, it would be in terms of fostering. It's such a bittersweet experience. I'm so happy that Peanut found his forever home, but my heart is a little heartbroken tonight yeah, yeah. It, it was funny sheena wrote a post like on facebook and put these cute <laughs> cute pictures of well he just called him peanut but his name was sir peanut megamind he has a he had a weird shaped head <laughs> sorry peanut oh i uh, loved him anyways so we she put this post and then i was reading it out loud to our daughter and that's what made <laughs> sheena cry me reading her own words back to her <laughs> so i thought it was good it was it was uh it was very sweet so and he he's yeah. a cute dog and, and he did well so he, he's got his forever home he's gonna be happy but yes. this isn't a dog podcast no 
no, no. This is a soccer podcast. I know, but I was going to wrap it up by saying I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to foster Peanut. And the best way to move on from one dog is to foster another. So you better believe I'm looking for another. But I'm happy. I I thought you were about to spring it on me that you already had another one and I'm picking him up tomorrow. (laughs) No, 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 no. But I'm happy we're doing the podcast tonight. And I think a great way to get this show kicked off is to start by talking about our first or our other love sporting kansas city not to be left out the kansas city current's gonna get plenty of love too but let's start with sporting as she well, said. okay kansas city soccer there we go that? there we go equal love uh, to all the teams yeah so let's get to the first bit of news since we last spoke last week on thursday or whenever you heard us i guess to be fair uh, the team had been rumored to be signing a german left back tim leibold and they have now signed him so he's 29 years old coming over from two Bundesliga. It's the second division of Germany. And we wrote, well, we, myself and my colleague David Greenwald wrote this like kind of debatey back and forth article that went into pretty good depth about the the Tim Liebold signing. Sheena told me that she started to read it and then I quote, lost her at some point. I don't know, it was 2000 words long. If you want to go read it and you want to get deep into the weeds, that's what I'd recommend. But Sheena, what is, what's your initial reaction to the, the Liebold signing? Or is yeah, it Liebold? like I, I said, I think it's Leibold. Oh, I don't know. You would know better than me. Let's just call him Tim. Okay, Tim. Tim L, since we already have a Tim. Well, that's Timmy. 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 Okay, Timmy. Timmy, 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 I believe. Yeah, something like that. Timelia. Chad is like dying. (laughs) Oh, you're known for your beautiful singing voice, Sheena, I must say. (laughs) Anyways. No, I'm not. That's why I- Tim Leibold. Tim Leibold. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, yeah. So I didn't, I struggled to read the whole article. It was too in-depth for me. And as a casual fan, like I don't get into all the the nitty-gritty that you and David were talking about. But if I were a judge, I'd rule in favor of David because his arguments resonated more with me. And I tried to use some legal jargon since I've read on that article that he is a lawyer. So it's true. Yeah, he is a lawyer. It's like he had a leg up on arguing professionally for a living. Yeah. So sorry, Chad. I, I didn't agree with a lot of what you were saying. But the reason I agreed with it, David, on his points is that, like, as much as I love um, Roger Espinoza and Graham Zussi, they are older, and I think we need younger players to help out, and we need to be thinking about the future. And I am pretty sure, as we were talking about Tim potentially being signed the last, at least, podcast, if not few of them, I was against this because of his age. And so David went with that age, you know, thing as well. So I agreed with that. But then also the overall age of the team is getting up there. And I guess we're one of the older MLS teams. So I feel like bringing somebody on who's 29, not my favorite. I I just think we should be planning for the future. And especially because I think Kazusi and Espinoza maybe have definitely this upcoming season and maybe one more or so after that. And then there's some older players as well. I don't disagree, although it feels like a lot of ageism going on around here. It's the no, one I last hate prejudice it. that we're allowed to have apparently to pick on people's age. No, I think in sports it's only in right? yeah, only in the sports world. This would never be okay to say in uh, any other scenario, and and I feel bad saying it in this scenario because like he's twenty nine, and what I wouldn't give to go back and be twenty nine again. If I, I know had, right, like, he's so much younger than us, and we're picking know, on him for being old. I know, but we're also not world athletes, world athletes, or even world class athletes, or even an athlete. 
Athletes of the world. Is that what you meant by world athletes? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying we're not athletic people is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's fair. All you got to do is pull up the tape of last year's KC current media game to see my (laughs) lack of athleticism out there. I'm going to do better this year. Hopefully, maybe. Well, Well, you got to start by working out. I haven't seen you hit anything hard yet. Oh, it's very cold outside. When it's it's less cold, I'll train. There we go. We have a gym. We have a a treadmill (laughs) and an elliptical that you won't let me get rid of. So there's the tools. If anybody needs an elliptical and they come carry it out of my basement, I'm happy to get rid of it. I just don't want to carry it. It's so heavy. All right. (laughs) Let's get back to Tim. Tim Leibold. So let me give you a little bit more information on Tim. And this is kind of the big topic that I want to debate about other than his age, because my counter argument to his age was basically like, if he makes this team better, then I'm okay with it. Obviously, a few other things have to happen. And we'll head to that direction in a second. But if he's better than Logan and Dembe, and he's better than Ben Sweat, which presumably he will be, he's played in the top flight in Germany before he's been with several like higher level clubs. I mean, sporting is a is a good team. And I'd be interested to see how they'd stack up against two Bundesliga teams. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. It's uh, hopefully he's making them better. At the minimum, I'm hoping he's making them better. Now, that was basically the whole crux of my argument was like, in Peter, we trust and he's going to make the team better. They're going to win more games. But it is a short term thing because he is older than Logan. And the big issue here is that he's now the second international on the team between at the left backs position. Logan and Dembe is also an international signing. All three left backs are on the senior roster, which you only get 20 senior roster spots. So imagine you have 11 players on the field at a time and of the top 20 like most expensive-ish players on your roster, three of them play the same position in a position where you don't usually sub. You basically play one left back the whole game, almost always, unless there's an injury or somebody's rehabbing or coming back. And then my biggest issue maybe is that like, there's three of them. Why are there three left backs? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So for me, the big domino that needs to fall is somebody has to be gone. Now, whether that's Ben Sweat gets traded within MLS. He's played on a lot of MLS teams. He he could have some value for a team that's short on a veteran left back. He could be that veteran because now we've got Tim Leibold to be our veteran. And then, or maybe Logan and Dembe gets sold overseas, which granted does make the team older. But if you can flip and make a profit off of him after just one season, then I think that'd be pretty good. There was somebody on our website, and apologies off the top of my head, I can't remember, on the Blue Testament in the comments that said, maybe the whole thing within Dembe is that he has a young child and a significant other that we aren't sure if they live in the United States. So how hard would that be to be away from your young child and your spouse, or I don't know if they're married or not, but that that, that could be kind of troublesome. That could be kind of tough. And if nothing, you're away from your child. I don't know what the situation is with him and, and the lady. So maybe that's a theory. And I thought that was actually a pretty good theory, kind of interesting. So even if they're not selling him for a profit, maybe Peter's just doing right by him and trying to get him home to be with his family. What Did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting theory that I hadn't heard. And as somebody who had to single parent it for a few months when you moved out here to Kansas City before like our daughter was finishing school, it's really tough being a single parent. And I imagine it's even tougher when it's like a young child. Like our daughter was, I think, nine when we when that happened with us. So if it's like a baby or a toddler, like you need those mental breaks. And who knows? 
knows like what their family situation is. We don't really know, but that that could make sense. That wasn't my thought, just I hadn't heard that. So that's my thought on that. But some other thoughts that I had is, do you think maybe the, the reason they have three people in this position right now is maybe one of them is her and they're easing into like, has there been any indication that any uh, Ben Sweat or in Dembe have seem injured at all? I haven't seen anything that would say they're hurt. When we recorded last week, Ben Sweat was already in camp, but Logan and Dembe hadn't come to camp yet. So we were kind of speculating. Let's be honest. I was speculating that maybe yeah, he was I stuck wasn't. overseas because he was going to get sold. He's going to get transferred to a new team. And then while the recording was going on, we did tell you that we already knew he had supposedly had visa issues and that's why he couldn't get in the country. Well, he's in the country. He's at training camp. I have not seen him in any video or anything, but it's been very limited video that's been released by the team so far. So I don't know. I'm not going to put a ton of weight on the fact that they're all three here. I don't think it's injuries, basically. To answer your question, I don't think it's injury. I think, you know, one of the things I can't help but keep thinking about is, is he an upgrade from Ben Sweat or from Ndembe? And maybe he is, but is he that much of an upgrade for the amount of money that he signed for? Or I think I saw like 700000 Is that right? It's a rumor. We won't know until the MLS okay. Players Association releases their numbers in like May, June-ish usually, uh, but that was the initial rumor, 700000 a year for three years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a lot. So I'm just wondering for the amount, like, is he that much better of a player compared to them? And the thing that kind of concerns me is that he hasn't played much since 2021 due to that injury. And then basically not the, his replacement was better than him. So he couldn't get on the field. So I'm a little hesitant about the whole situation because he hasn't played that much and maybe he was good previously. But do we really know if he's at the same caliber he was at pre-injury? I really hope he he proves me wrong, though. And I hope he comes in and he is the all-star that Peter Vermees sees in him. And he proves everyone who is being an ageist like myself wrong. Yeah, 29 by no means is old. Not even in soccer. Maybe just on just slightly past your prime, maybe. Like, depending on the position, that could be your prime, depending on the role. But I think left back especially in the Sporting Kansas City system. They're expected to get up and down the field, do quite a bit of running. So it's not unreasonable to question that. He hasn't played a ton. I think it's something like 11 games over two seasons, and that might be 11 appearances, not even starts. As far as the he couldn't get his job back, there's this thing in European soccer where it's probably everywhere, frankly, but I think I've associated a lot with Europe is they turn their coaches over so much. They constantly have new coaches, and he had some really good seasons, and then they get a new coach after one of his good seasons and then he gets an injury like immediately so that coach might just think oh he can't play uh, remember Ilya Sanchez ever heard of him he was on the bench over in Germany after he left Barca B and couldn't get on the field then he came to MLS and was a starter for sporting for years he started on LAFC and won an MLS cup because you can't get on the field sometimes it's just the coach sometimes they just don't rate you and don't want to play you and it doesn't mean you're bad now could he have never recovered from this injury it's possible I'm hoping that whatever was shown on tape that they saw post-injury showed signs that Sporting is going to get the pre-injury guy, the 16 assists in one season from left-back guy. What a, oof, those are some numbers right there. Uh, 16 assists, that would crush the next best person on Sporting Kansas City if he put up that many numbers. I'm not expecting that. I think it's an aberration. It's probably not likely to happen again, but there's so much offense on this team. My hope is he makes the team better, and that's just kind of always my hope for everything, right? We diss on people, like we're picking on poor Kyrie Shelton and Uri Rosell quite a bit, but if they 
they were suddenly they broke into the lineup and they were getting minutes and they're banging in goals or, or he's breaking up goals going the other way like sign me up i want the team to do well I just you know i gotta talk about what i see out there and if, if it doesn't go well we gotta we gotta diss on him yeah who's the guy i can never remember and i can't currently remember him courtney ford i still haven't added him and told him all yeah. the hateful things you've been saying about him and not not remembering who no. he is i know i feel really bad per the usual with him but yeah that's who i think of because well i can't remember his name well that's a perfect transition point because why is sporting king C signing a third left back when they only have three center backs and you have to play well you don't I have don't to know. but you're likely to play two of them at the same time that doesn't make any sense to me and courtney ford's starting right center back as of right now and might still be no matter who comes in because camp's underway it's sometimes hard to unseat guys when you show up late look back to last season where guys like marinos johnny's it took him a long time to get in and he had trouble getting the starting job and well probably never Never gonna mm. unseat Shallowy yeah. or Russell, but it, it puts you behind to not be there the whole time. And I think that's gonna be the case if the team signs a center back. Wow, they gotta sign a center back. Uh, that person's gonna be behind. They're gonna have to break in and try to fight their for their job over the guys that are already there that are established that are putting in the work right now. Yeah, you know, let's talk you know, about a different thing... signing. Did you have any other qu- thoughts oh. on Leibold? Yeah, this was more of a thought, but I feel like the last few podcasts we've been talking about perhaps like somebody in international who's really interested in sporting Kansas City and it's been a rumor for a while now and this Tim guy the the guy that we've been hyping that wasn't Ronaldo but very interested like is that this guy because I had never heard of him and it doesn't seem very exciting if it is Sheena you know what's funny to me is that you're on the podcast with me so theoretically you're listening while we're talking second you do all the editing so I know you listen to it at least another time and then I'm pretty sure you download it and listen again to make sure it's Sounds good after the fact. I know. We had this same exact conversation last week. I know. He is not the European star. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So much has happened since that last podcast. Fair enough. Okay. So let's go on to a couple of other things then. So there is another (laughs) signing. Uh, A little bit out of the blue came the signing of Virginia Tech midfielder Danny Flores. He's 20 years old. He was not in the draft. Like, I don't know if he didn't declare himself eligible. Didn't really get an answer on that. But he went through what's called a waiver draft, which essentially he was on waivers. Uh, And he passed through six other teams that were ahead of Sporting KC to make a selection on waivers and Sporting ended up selecting him and picking him up off waivers. He's previously played for the Philadelphia Union 2 back when they were in the USL Championship and then he spent some time at Oakland Roots which is a USL Championship team as well and then he went to college for two years. He's played two seasons of college for Virginia Tech. Now I don't know anything about him when he got announced I was like who the heck is this kid but when we when we were on the press conference call I say we like you were there Sheena when I was on the call I wasn't with Peter Vermees, uh, he said that Flores, quote, has qualities like Buzio. Ooh, what a quote. I love it. Did you have any thoughts oh. about old Danny Flores? Okay, well, I the whole time you were talking, I was like, isn't that the guy from um, Ted Lasso? But then I realized it's Danny Rojas, right? Yeah, that's right. Danny Rojas. Football okay, is life. Soccer's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were going to say yeah. soccer is life? I was. I was. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm tired, Chad. Yeah. Okay. So now that I've cleared that up, that not the same guy. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a cool quote. It's interesting because if he has a 
Buzio-like qualities. I am wondering why he wasn't signed by someone else sooner. You know, it could be teams kind of already had their plan for who they're bringing in, or maybe they just didn't scout him. They don't know anything about him. What I think is funny is that Buzio and Flores are the same age. They're both 20. So he's like, he's got qualities like a guy that's his peer. You know, that's somebody that's already been here. It just happened that he spent quite a few seasons in in Kansas City and came in when he was, well, he came into the first team when he was 15 years old. So I, I think that was interesting. And he also described him as a deeper lying playmaker. So he's a midfielder. There's three midfield spots. We've talked about this a little bit before. There's this, the number six, the defensive midfielder role. Think your Ilias, your Uri's. Remy played there last year quite a bit. Then they're sporting plays with what's basically two number eights, two box to box midfielders where they kind of play from box to box, the attacking box all the way to the uh, defending box. So you're, they're covering a lot of ground. They're going end to end. The third midfield spot is traditionally referred to as a number 10, an attacking midfielder role. When we first learned about Buzio, that's what we understood him to be. And then out of nowhere, they he kind of had his hand forced and he was put in a defensive midfielder and he played really good, really good. And then that ended up leading to him being sold. He was being per- compared to guys like Andre Pirlo, which I know doesn't mean anything to you, Sheena, but legendary player and uh, spent a little time in MLS before he retired. So I don't know anything about Flores, but basically Vermees has hyped him too much by telling me that he's Buzio. Like I, I, I was like, wow, oh, this poor guy. Like I hope he's not feeling like the pressure to live up to that because you know Buzio got sold for like 10, 10 and a half, 11 million, something like that bucks. So something. has he already shown up to preseason? Yes, he had arrived uh, or he was arriving on Friday when we talked to Vermees and he was going to go through physicals and all that stuff. And they said he might even get on the field on the weekend, but he was going to be full go on Monday. So we're recording this a little early this week on a Tuesday. So theoretically, he's been in practice. I don't know. I haven't seen any footage of him yet, but maybe by the time this is out, there'll be some more information on it. Maybe a picture of him holding up his jersey, stuff like that, that the team releases. Okay, cool. All right. So that's Flores. Now, I keep referencing this Peter Vermees conference call. We get to the joy of getting on these calls every week. Oh, I made an idiot of myself this week on the call. I think I told you, right, Sheena? Like, everybody asked their questions. And then I went third and then someone else went and I raised my hand back up and then that question got asked and then I still had my hand up like an idiot and they called on me and I just like froze for a minute. Like I had some questions in my brain, but I froze like a goofball, but I asked a really good question when I got my my act together. Vermees laughed at me a little bit, which is like, whatever, I don't care. I'm an idiot. Things happen. I asked him about international roster spots. We've been talking about this a lot on this podcast and it's kind of boring soccer technicality stuff that happens in the background, but it's also so important. So with the Leibold signing, the team is up to nine international players, players that don't have green cards that are not, uh, that count as an international against your roster, but you're only allowed to have eight unless you trade for more spots. So my question to Peter was about, hey, you guys are out of spots. Do you have more green cards coming? And he said, quote, we'll have quite a few guys that'll have green cards. He also went on to say uh, the process has been much improved in the last six months and he ended with international slots won't be a problem. So I think we can take that to mean quite a few of these guys, your Andre Ufanta, Scotty Kinda, guys that have been on the team for a while that were still taking up international spots, probably got their paperwork done. And it's possible that even some guys that were signed last year already have it done ready for this year. The league has changed the rules in recent seasons where you have to get your green card before roster compliance date, which is usually a day or two out from the start of the season. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't lock in until the following year. So you're going to count as an international the whole season. And I'm guessing some of these green cards probably came 
came in all throughout last year, and they're just going to wait and announce them in a big bunch. The long and short of all this is there's going to be room to sign these international guys. Somebody doesn't have to be cut. They don't have to go trading for a spot. They got a lot of uh, mobility here in terms of adding players, which means they can add more international players potentially as well, since it, quote, won't be a problem. Is there a benefit to holding off on announcing this? I think probably they're just working on getting more potentially, and if more come through, they'll just announce them in one swoop. Uh, I guess the the benefit could be you're you're not playing your hand for the other teams in the league, and maybe if you if they think there aren't a lot of international slots available, they'll pay more to trade for an international slot. Maybe Peter's thinking of swinging a trade. He's traded slots away before. You can trade them away for a season. I think one time a team traded away for a lifetime. I don't know if that's ever gotten rescinded and gone back to the initial team or not, but now you'll see them traded away for one season or two seasons, like shorter periods of time. Ah, okay. A lot of these newer teams, especially teams that bring in executives from outside the league, they really want to sign a lot of international players. And because of that, they'll go trading to get a bunch of these international spots. So like Charlotte did that last year. St. Louis looks like a candidate. I think they've already done it a little bit this year. But then there's other teams like Nashville that go the complete opposite direction and they trade all their spots away. So they only have a few guys that actually count as internationals and they collect all that money from trading them to sign other players or buy down salaries, things like that to fit more players into their budget. So there's a lot of weird, nonsensical MLS rules happening in the background that complicate life. But all you need to take away from this is sporting shouldn't have a problem with international players. If they want to go sign somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo, it shouldn't be an issue other than all the, the math cap ramifications that it is to pay somebody that much money. And that he signed with another team already? Well, he's gone, but I said like. <laughs> I didn't say Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, I thought you so, said I missed the word like. Sorry. So if they want a big European star, which to stress to Sheena for the third time is not Tim Leibold, <laughs> <laughs> then they can do, theoretically go do that still. Okay, I got it. I won't say it again. Okay. There was a few more quotes from that press conference I want to share before we work in a break. Did you have more thoughts? Do you want to talk international roster plots, Sheena? I saw you you wanted to interject, it looked like. I don't have anything. I oh, you wanted made, you, you to keep talking. Nice. Keep talking. Got it. All right. I'm good at that. All right. So we've been talking center backs a lot. And there's this whole thing about why do we only have three center backs when we have three left backs? Ah. And two right backs, only three center backs. It's insane. Uh, but Vermees also said, quote, we're looking at other players in that position. So that seems promising that somebody is potentially going to come in. Although right after that, he mentioned the guys that are on trial that we mentioned last week that are more lower level type center backs, deep down on the roster type guys, maybe Sporting Kansas City 2 type guys. And then uh, Chris Randolph, the second round draft pick out of Maryland. But then we got some news about a rumor that we've been reporting on around here for a while. Sheena, I hate to break this to you. Norbert Guyomber, or who you Nori? call Nori, uh, he re-signed <laughs> with his club and he's staying in Italy Aww. for 2025. So he will not be coming Shucks. here. I know you've grown quite attached to him. Yeah, I want. I just imagined everyone in the stands chanting, Nori, Nori. Yeah, that's definitely what was going to happen. He probably is going to put that on the back of his jersey. Why would he put his you know, surname on there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that would be hilarious if he actually went by that. But we'll probably never find out because I'm going to guess we're not watching lower slash middle of the table Italian football. No, and I doubt he's listening to this podcast. I think that's a pretty good guess. All right. (laughs) A few more quotes from the the Peter Verbeez press conference last Friday. Alan Polito, never heard of him. And Gadi Kenda got little updates on them. They are not in full training, but don't panic. Uh, Polito, they've really 
released plenty of videos of him doing some pretty intense workouts with a trainer out on the practice field, just not fully out there doing scrimmages and, you know, five aside or whatever different games that they're playing to, to prepare and to train. So not out there. I think we've long held that Polito would be ready earlier than Kenda. And Peter told us earlier in the offseason that they might both be ready by the first game, but he's not going to push it. Any thoughts okay. on those two? No, but I did see some pictures of him at like an MLS media day or something of Polito, maybe wearing oh, yeah. a new jersey or something. Yeah, he's got a track jacket on and he's definitely wearing his new jersey underneath there. Mm. What's interesting is, and you probably don't care about this, but the Portland Timbers, the whomever, I don't remember who their player was that was at the media day, but there was a picture of him without his jacket on and you could see his new jersey and it was like leaked out oh. on the internet. I'm like, whoops, somebody just took that not thinking, oh, they're in something that hasn't been shown to the public yet. I bet that person got in some trouble. Is this like one person from every team went to this event? Yeah, that's usually how it goes. It was a big thing up oh. in San Jose and it was near the headquarters for Apple because they made some announcements like we talked about last week about some of the people that are going to be on-air personalities running the broadcast, running the, the studio show, things like that. Poor Stu Holden. I really wanted him to move to Apple. I don't think it's poor Stu Holden. I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> being paid well to stay at Fox. Like It's not like he's he doesn't have a job or something. I know, but I wanted more airtime for him. Oh, I'm sure you'll get to see plenty of Stu. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, one last thing from Peter, and then we'll work a break in here. Stephen Afrifra, or as you're just calling him, Stephen, uh, we yeah. found out last week, and we told you last week, that he's not coming in for preseason. He's staying in college. He's finishing school. Can't knock kids for wanting to get their education taken care of. He, according to Peter, has four classes to go. But when he has breaks, he's going to come out and join the team, do some like training with the team, and then he should be graduated by the end of April, early May. So he could potentially join the team at that point. There's only two roster spots left, so there's not a ton of room unless some of these dominoes start to fall and some people get traded or transferred or I didn't even mention it, but in Dembe, I kind of had a thought maybe he'd go out on loan. Maybe something he'd just go somewhere for like a season. Ben Sweat would be out of contract after the year. Then he could come back and battle it out for position. Sweat does have an option for 2024. So we'll see how 2023 goes to see if they want to pick that up. Gina, any final sporting Kansas City thoughts before we take a break? Yeah, just a question for Steven. Could he end up on sporting Kansas City too? He theoretically could. Being picked that high in the draft, guys usually do end up making the first team, but Sporting have not been signing their draft picks for quite some time. You got to go back to Graham Smith and Eric Dick to find two guys that made the first team roster. And you'll remember, neither of them played very much. Poor Eric Dick. Do you remember? He only played in one game. Do you remember what game that was? Mm-mm. Was yeah, it what? LA Galaxy? It wasn't the Galaxy, but that would have been a tough no. game to play when they lost 7-2. to two. Is that the one you're yeah. thinking of? Yeah, we yeah. were at that game. We're cursed, guys. That was in LA. But uh, <laughs> no, it was the last game of the season, the, t- the time before this last year when the sporting missed the playoffs. They played FC Dallas. That's weird too because they played FC Dallas on the last day last year. And they lost six to nothing in Eric Dick's only start. I just remember it because all season long, sporting were getting beat up and they were they were losing a ton and they were definitely not going to make the playoffs, but they weren't officially eliminated until a game to go. And then the last game of the year, Peter just put out all the kids and they got destroyed. It was, it was tough. Poor Eric Dick, his only MLS start for Sporting Kansas City. Six goals. I remember Graham Smith. I don't remember Eric Dick, but I remember Well, it's because we're related Smith. to Graham, right? He's a, he's a relative of uh, ours. Obviously. Obviously, with the last name Smith. <laughs> Not true. But anyways, I digress. Let's take a break. And when we come back, there'll be more For the Glory, Casey. 
All right, and we are back with more For the Glory, KC. Quite an odd conversation was had while we were <laughs> at break. <laughs> you guys were hearing commercials, or maybe not. Sometimes commercials don't show up in the feed, but definitely talking about licking our lips because we have dry <laughs> lips, both of us. What's wrong with us? Use chapstick, Sheena. L- licking your lips, it just dries I them know, out further. I know, I know. I usually have some on my desk, but I don't know where it's at. All right, well, let's switch gears. Let's talk. Kansas City Current, that other amazing KC soccer team. The Kansas City Current had quite a week. Oh, of course we record and then everything goes down on Thursday. So as we told you last week, the NWSL college draft was happening. Sporting went into the sporting. Oh, I'm sorry. KC Current went into the night with seven draft picks. And before the draft even started, they made news. So the big news was the KC Current traded their U.S. Women's National Team star, who had just been called back up to camp. She was actually in New Zealand during this. Lynn Williams. She was sent to New Jersey, New York, Gotham for the number two overall pick in the draft. The team then turned around and used that number two pick on what is widely considered the best player in college last season, Michelle Cooper out of Duke. The reason she was still available at the second pick is because the number one pick was a high school player. Alyssa Thompson already has senior U.S. women's national team call-ups. Sheena, when you heard the news of Lynn Williams being traded, were you shocked, surprised? Tell me what was running through your brain. I I guess I was shocked because she had just been called up to the national team, but at the same time, she was coming off of an injury that I think took her out all last season. So maybe there was some hesitation to have her continue on the team and to get basically the number one overall college pick. It seems pretty enticing. I, I don't blame them for doing what they did unless Michelle Cooper doesn't end up being a good player. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it was a little surprising. Yeah, I was definitely shocked myself. I had to work and the draft started like third minutes before I got off work. And whenever I went in there to see what was going on and turn on the draft, it, like it was already chaos. Like Kansas City Current were about to pick again at the 10th spot. And I was like, what has happened? Like everybody was losing their mind. The slack was exploding for the Blue Testament. Twitter was in an uproar. I think people are, of course, having understandably like an emotional reaction to such a good player, you know, being gone suddenly. Just we never got to see Lynn play. She Well, that's not 100% true. She played the Challenge Cup and got hurt in her first game game in the Challenge Cup and then never played a regular season game, never played a playoff game. So very limited time and the team had given up a lot to get her. But like you were saying, it's a big move. It's a big swing. But I always think it's kind of a risk too, right? If you think about sports, think about draft picks. They call them lotto tickets sometimes, right? Sometimes you hit and you win the lotto and a lot of times you miss. There's a lot of misses. Now, I think women's soccer is a little bit different. There are players that get drafted high that, that don't work out. But uh, the highest pick, the number one pick, usually goes pretty well. And technically, she's the number two pick, but I'm kind of considering her the number one pick because she was going to be number one until Alyssa Thompson declared like a few days before the draft. Let me list out these number one picks for you. I think this gives you some some context here. So Thompson, who we just said, in 2022, Naomi Gurma for the San Diego Wave. She was like the defensive player of the year. She was the rookie of the year. She had a heck of a year. She's on the women's national team. Emily Fox, 
left back for Louisville. She's on the women's national team. Sophia Smith, she was the MVP of the oh. league last year. Yeah, I know um, Sophia. Yeah, no relation. Uh, Tierna Davidson, <laughs> U.S. women's national team. Andy Sullivan, U.S. women's national team. Rose Lavelle, maybe the best player in the world, U.S. women's national yeah, team. Emily Sonnet, still on the U.S. women's national team. Morgan Bryan, who Kansas City current fans will know more commonly now as Morgan Cattro, her married name. She's now on the current. She just arrived there. She was on the national team. She had some injuries and things that kind of held her out. Before that, the number one pick, Crystal Dunn. Heard of her? Women's national team. And then I have to admit, I don't know, Zakia Bywaters was the number one pick in the first year's draft. But all those other players are national team players. Zakia might have been a national team player. I probably should learn more about her before I go off listing her name. No, she played for the <laughs> U.S. youth, U-17s, U-20s, and U-23. So never to the full senior national team. But a pretty good record for being the number one pick. And I'm calling Michelle Cooper 1B because she'd have been number one had Thompson not been there. Does that does that make you feel better? Do you feel like affirmed in yeah. this move? Yeah, considering I just don't really know much about Casey Current or draft stuff outside of football. So yeah, I feel a little validated here. Draft stuff outside of football. If I asked <laughs> you to name like three players on your favorite team, you probably could do it. This is an NFL podcast though, so we'll move on. Uh, yeah. I want to give you guys a little bit more detail about Michelle Cooper. Sheena used to be very into the NFL and then she always says that uh, I only have time for one sport and you've gotten me hardcore into soccer so i've it's true potentially nfl i kind of pay attention to the chiefs like i know they're in the playoffs that is true they're the first seed all right but back to the current back to michelle cooper back to the number two overall pick let's you want to hear some bona fides from old michelle cooper here some some milestones some stats from her college days sure all right so she is the two she only went to school for two years by the way she came out after her sophomore season so both those years all acc first team 2022 ACC offensive player of the year the 2022 Mac Herman trophy winner Mac Herman is to the best player in college they, they give one to the men and one to the women two-time first team all-american 2022 CONCACAF women u20 championship golden boot yeah and then the 2022 CONCACAF women's u20 championship golden ball best player of the tournament so pretty darn good for somebody that's only 20 years old. It's of course a risk. You give away someone like Lynn Williams, who is literally one of the best players in NWSL history. She's got some amazing statistics. You're taking a chance. But at the same time, Lynn is a little older. She's coming off a season-ending injury. I fully expect that she's going to be back out there and playing well again this year. But you should have a lot more years of Cooper than you would have gotten out of Lynn. Yeah. I also found it interesting that she got called up for the women's and national team considering she's been like had this injury the whole year so that speaks volumes to what kind of player she is if they're calling her up and she didn't even play for an entire year yeah and she may not play a lot though actually a game is happening just after we're recording this podcast it's about to kick off right now and uh there are the teams off in the <laughs> netherlands and she may or may not play a ton during these these two games against new Ze- i said the netherlands against new zealand oh boy those are nowhere near each other they both start with ends <laughs> <laughs> but um i think yes she's a she's a very talented player and she's getting back there if nothing just to train with the team and kind of see where she's at and help her get worked up to her fitness so gotham's got themselves a good player let's talk about the rest of this draft though we predicted going into the draft uh, cindy and i should say when we did our little guest spot with just Cindy. i was and like I last I week. Don't you didn't make I any did. draft predictions <laughs> 
No. <laughs> well, I don't know enough about women's college soccer to make any draft predictions, but my prediction was, hey, the Kansas City Current have a ton of players under contract already. There's no way they're going to make all seven picks because they had traded away. Oh, yeah. Well, not only did they make all seven, they made an eighth pick because they traded for the eighth pick. They dealt none of their picks. They didn't package their picks to move up or down in the draft or trade into next year's draft or trade for allocation money or anything like that. But they did make seven more picks. So I want to run through them really quick. Uh, with the 10th overall pick, they drafted Alexa Spanstra out of the University of Virginia. She's widely considered one of the better forwards in the draft. Her and Cooper both play forward, so that'll be interesting to see. And uh, as a point of comparison, last year, Dabinia, who we talked about last week pretty excitedly, uh, she had a couple young ladies in front of her that she was dishing the ball to, and one of them, Diana Ordonez, won rookie or offensive player of the year. Maybe she's rookie of the year. I can't remember. Maybe it was a Germa. One of them was rookie of the year, but she was a really good performer. Sheena can't check my facts because she doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it. A, I, I I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well said. Well said. Let's keep going. <laughs> Uh, the third pick that the Kansas City Current selected was in the second round, number 15 overall, Gabby Robinson from West Virginia. So we got a UVA and a WVU, two Virginia and West Virginia right there, right next to each other. Uh, she's a former forward and midfielder, but now she plays center back. So theoretically, that's where she would line up for this team. Then they drafted 18th overall, still the second round, Jordan Silkowitz. She's a goalkeeper out of Iowa State. Quick note about Jordan and Michelle Cooper. They both came and trained with the current during the summer. So they spent some time with the current and then the team went out and drafted them. So I need to get that to be my eyes on the ground and look out for college players that are training with the team because they may then potentially get drafted. He, honestly, he probably knew and then just kept it quiet because that's what that does. That's, uh, you know, keep their secrets safe. Uh, four more picks, 35th overall, the third round, uh, Makia Minnis, Washington State, also a center back, number 38 overall in the third round, Ella Schomberger from Vanderbilt. In the fourth round, number four. 42 overall midfielder, a local girl, Rylan Childers, played for Kansas University, KU, uh, before that UMKC. And then with the final pick that they had, number 48, goalkeeper, Ashley Orcus out of Ole Miss. All right, so that is all eight draft picks for the current. Did you have any initial thoughts other than all the time we spent on Michelle Cooper, the number two overall pick? Yeah, so I'm just uh, curious on how they're going to have eight more spots, like... I can tell you, they're not. Yeah, so I guess, are they going to be trading some of these players or getting rid of... It, it just feels like it, it's so much. I can't believe they took all eight. Yeah, it's a little surprising. I won't pretend I know enough about women's college soccer to be able to wrap my head around this. Like, are these players better than some of the players on the roster? Do they think they're going to beat them out? Do they go to the Kansas City Current too? I don't know. The best I can think is that they brought in multiple candidates for the same positions. I think we agreed center back was an area of need. They need a third string goalkeeper. So they, they drafted two goalkeepers. They drafted three center backs approximately. Maybe they just fight out for one or two or three roster spots between those. And then obviously Cooper and Spanstra should probably have a pretty good chance of making the team as the, the two first round picks. But I don't know. I Maybe trades just weren't there. Maybe they didn't materialize. If y'all want more information about the draft, I recommend looking in the Blue Testament podcast feed. Check out our Kansas City Current podcast. Daniel Sperry from the Kansas City Star and Thad Bell from the Blue Testament. Break down these picks in more detail and they'll give you a little bit more information on all the players. But I'm going to wait and see. Let's see what happens in preseason. Let's see what we hear about these position battles and we'll update you when we know more. Maybe there's more trades and things coming to make everybody fit. But we have a little bit more Kansas City current news. A little bit of bad news, to be honest with you. It's 
news that I, we kind of knew. You heard Cindy and I talk about this last week. I'm assuming you all listen to every second of every podcast, of course. <laughs> um, Obviously. <laughs> and Meg Linehan from The Athletic got to talk to, well, uh, on a call with lots of other media members, got to talk to Vladko Andonovsky, the coach of the U.S. Women's National Team. And there was a question asked about Sam Mewis, who's on the KC Current, and you know why she wasn't with the team. Will she be with the team? That sort of thing. And basically, Vladko said it's a long-term injury. So he doesn't really have an update. And it's kind of what Cindy and I speculated is that Sam's not ready. Who knows when she's going to be ready? I wouldn't count on seeing her anytime soon, which is a bit of a bummer because before the last season, the team went out and traded for Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams, and neither of them have played a single regular season minute. It's kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. I didn't know that. Yeah, and they're really great friends. They have a podcast together, Snacks. So that's... Oh, yeah. You talk about that podcast a lot. A lot? <laughs> I've mentioned well, it a time I mean, or two. Mentioned it. Yeah, you mentioned it a handful of times. Oh, yeah. I'm just get, I'm just breaking it down word for word, Dashina. Here's what they said. You could just listen to yourself, but let me just transcribe it to you. <laughs> oh, Sheena. All right. Well, that is everything we have for the current. Before the digital crawl, Sheena, any other thoughts about the current you wanted to sneak in? No, I'm just interested to see what happens with all these players and figure out who's staying on the team, who's going and whatnot. Who's going to break in? Who's going to be the starters, the contributors? So lots of competition for the current coming up before this season. No matter what happens, the team that won last year and got all, all the way to the NWSL finals, most of that team is still around. There's only a few players that are gone and there's been quite a few big additions since then. So I'm still very high on the team and then hopefully some of these new players can come in and compete and make the team even better. So let's move to the digital crawl. We still don't have theme music, but what are we doing? Digital, digital, digital. No. Okay. Sheena just stared at me blankly. <laughs> the first bit of news from the digital crawl. This is where we rapid fire go through news. The first bit is from Sporting Kansas City. They are now selling something called the Sporting U-Pass. It's $15 tickets to students with .edu email addresses. This actually sparked a pretty lively conversation on the Cauldron Facebook page, and I saw it on Twitter, kind of talking about like maybe you know failures that have caused them to need to sell tickets this way because maybe the other supporters groups are not selling the tickets. I don't know. I'm not privy to that inside information, but a lot of people seem to be jumping on that bandwagon saying, yes, I think it's a problem, but the team, good for the team for stepping in and addressing it. Yeah, I think it's a great deal, especially for college students. Like, I wish I still had a .edu email address to get those $15 tickets. Totally kidding, because I could not pass as a college student. But I think it, you know, if something like that had been available for us when we were in college, like we probably could have only gone to one game a season, but it would have been cool if it had been an option. Since we lived in Springfield and went to Missouri State at the time. It yeah. would have been a bit of a hike to get up here for sure. But absolutely, $15 ticket, that's amazing. Don't you work for a school? Do you not have a .edu email address? It's not. Oh, gosh. What I a know. Well, it's okay. We... uh We'll find a way. We to can get afford to get it. it. We're going to be okay. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate. All right. Next bit of news: Remy Voltaire. He became a dad last week. To what quote? Sheena wrote a sweet little boy named Adonis. Well, I'm just assuming he's a sweet little boy. I don't even remember <laughs> typing that. In all honesty. <laughs> oh yeah, you definitely put this in the rundown. Kids are not the thing that I would be running in here. <laughs> What's funny, and you all couldn't get this, is we're recording in the same house, but she's in another room. We both have offices, and I. Heard 
heard her burst out laughing when I said that line, but she only caught the end of the laugh. <laughs> she was on mute. All right, let's keep going. From Remy to Amadou, not Amadou Dia, but Amadou Traore. He's a French oh, youth yeah. international. We mentioned him last, last week. Last week. 20, yeah, 20 years old, and he has now officially signed with Sporting Kansas City, too. Don't know much about him. Hasn't played a ton of minutes. He was in the French first division, but he had like 20 appearances, something like that, which is pretty impressive. You know, somebody coming over from Ligue 1 into MLS and not even MLS, into MLS Next Pro. He's going into the third division of American soccer. Has he been demoted? I don't know, but it's guys yeah. like that that get me excited because it's like, okay, what if this kid hits? What if he turns out to be pretty good? He's exactly the kind of player that hopefully, A, they could be working on a green card for him now, and then B, he can get moved up to the first team and be a contributor at a young age. Lots of these young 19, 20, 21 year old players on SKC2, and let's just hope for a better track record than the last couple of seasons. Benny Failhaber and Ike Opara and their coaching staff have another year under their belt, so year two. I'm expecting good things. All right, and the last bit of news, this is a longer one for the Digital Crawl, but the U.S. Women's National Team and the U.S. Men's National Team, their matches are now going to also be streamed on Peacock. It seems like it's just the Spanish language portion from what I read, uh, because the English language one, is, a lot of them are going on HBO Max. That's where the game was this evening, so if you're watching in English, I think you got to watch on HBO, but I don't know any better. I just happen to have $1.99 HBO right now, so I'm okay. When that runs out, uh, it's a problem I'm going to have to deal with. This package with Peacock, though, it does not include the CONCACAF Gold Cup or the CONCACAF Nations League, but all the CONCACAF games are going to be on CBS Sports and Univision. That's where that partnership is. And as a part of this deal, some of the games are going to be broadcast on TNT, so you don't even have to get into the Peacock app. I'm wondering if you would be able to turn on like with Telemundo or Univision, we used to have the option to turn the Spanish to English. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the SAP button. Yeah, so I'm wondering, would you be able to do that with on Peacock if it really is in Spanish? You know, I don't know, but this is something we'll have to research and figure out for next week's <laughs> For the Glory, Casey. Uh, side note, to bring this thing full circle, because I start every podcast with giving Sheena a wrestling nickname. <laughs> Sheena, did you know that there is a wrestling trios team in AEW called SAP. Like no. they, they are the Spanish broadcasters, but they also wrestle <laughs> and they go by the name SAP. I thought it was kind of clever. Oh, because the SAP button is that yeah, why? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, doesn't TNT play the AEW wrestling? Isn't that what channel it's on? Oh, look at that. Really bringing it full <laughs> circle. TNT and TBS. There you go. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for For the Glory, Casey. <laughs> Please like and subscribe to the Blue Testament podcast feed, wherever get your podcast just search the blue testament inside that feed you'll find for the glory casey as well as all our other shows shades of blue the blue turf all the good stuff is out there to be consumed thanks so much for joining us and we'll be back again next thursday thanks for listening bye